G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. In this program, we begin part two of the series, focusing on John chapters 10 to 21. This particular chapter is about the Good Shepherd. Our series is entitled, The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. Welcome to Part 2 of John's Gospel, The Son of God. And we've just concluded John chapters 1 to 9, ending with the healing of the blind man at the pool of Siloam and his recognition of Jesus as Son of God, now Jesus begins a discourse about the Good Shepherd. It's one of the great I am statements of John's Gospel. Now, I am is not just a pronoun. I am is a divine name. As we've learned, I am that I am. And being the Good Shepherd is pointing not just to Jesus' function, as if he's this wonderful pastor. Well, he is, but he's more than just a pastor. As we learn in Psalm 23, verse 1, the most beloved piece of prose, I think, in the entire English language, especially in the authorized version. 23rd Psalm begins, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is what we're going to learn. Jesus is the good shepherd, meaning Jesus is the Lord. It's a wonderful thing. So this particular lesson, verses 10 or 1 to 10, I should say, of chapter 10. This lesson is called Door of the Sheep. John chapter 10, 1 to 10. And I want to read to you a couple of verses from that segment. Verse 7 from John chapter 10. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We stop right there. Jesus is the door to the sheepfold. In the sheepfold, you're going to find so much of what you need, particularly guidance and protection and provision and every good thing. Jesus is the door to the sheep. Now, what we're going to see is that All that came before him were thieves and robbers. The sheep did not listen to them. Instead, he says, if you come by me, I am the doorway. You will have salvation. You shall go in and out. You shall find pasture. 
and that the thief is the one that's going to destroy you, but the good shepherd is the one that's going to give you life. So what are we going to learn in this particular lesson? The first lesson of Gospel of John, Part 2, Door of the Sheep, bearing in mind that the entire chapter of John 10 is called The Good Shepherd. We're going to learn a little bit about what shepherds do, not just in the natural, but especially in the spiritual. We're going to learn what thieves and robbers do. We want to embrace the shepherd. We want to reject thieves and robbers. We want to basically make sure we discern who is the shepherd and who is not. We'll learn of the dynamic between the shepherd and also the sheep. And then when the real shepherd shows up, what happens in the meantime? We're going to learn that this shepherd, the divine shepherd, can do things that a natural shepherd cannot. The divine shepherd knows how to not only go behind you and push you where you need to go, but simultaneously the divine shepherd goes ahead of you to make the way straight. I mean, no human shepherd can be both behind and before, above and below, above in the heavens and keeping you in the palm of his hand below. Only God can do that. And then we learn that the sheep will only listen to the shepherd and not those who are thieves and robbers and hirelings. We will learn about what it means to be the door of the sheep, also about the great salvation that God offers. We'll learn that the purpose of the thieves and robbers is to steal, kill, and destroy, but that the purpose of the shepherd is not only to grant you life, but to do so more abundantly. Let's now read the entire portion from John 10, verses 1 to 10. The lesson is called Door of the Sheep, and again our reference is John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Let's listen to the word of God. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. Thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Our reading is from John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10, and our lesson is called Door of the Sheep. Well, let's begin with John 10. The entire chapter is about the good shepherd. But before we get to the shepherd, we must go through the door. And in verse 1, we're going to learn about thieves and robbers. Now, you may have noticed the special phraseology, verily, verily, I say unto you, which is also translated, most assuredly. This phrase is unique to John's gospel, but then John is committed 
to truth as he is committed to love. That's why the phrase most assuredly or verily, verily is to basically say this is gospel. This is true. It will always be true and you can trust God in it. Chapter 10 is, as I said earlier, a discourse about Jesus, the good shepherd. It comes right after the healing of the blind man at the pool of Siloam and his rejection by the religious elite. The callousness of their treatment of this man, plus the contempt, not to mention corruption, they showed for common people, will be contrasted here by Jesus' discourse. Because as the healed man was mistreated by those who should be caring for his soul, Jesus, on the other hand, is going to take care of him and indeed of everyone who comes to faith in him. Here we see genuine shepherd contrasted with false shepherds. Now, there are references to shepherds in Isaiah 56, verse 11, and Jeremiah 31, verse 5. The key here is that there is a doorway to enter into the sheepfold. It is the approved, legitimate entryway. To enter into the sheepfold any other way makes the person a thief and robber. The door to the sheepfold includes the call of God, obedience to the word of God, compliance to the leading of the Holy Spirit, other methods of entry into Christian service, illegitimate as they are, include politics, convenience, connections, doing the ministry as a meal ticket, worldly ambition, and the list goes on. The thieves' motive are evil, but the motive of the shepherd is godly and noble. So it's not just what they do, and it's not just the methodology. It's also what's in the heart that separates thieves, robbers, and hirelings from the bonafide shepherd. And can I say, if you're in a church with a wonderful pastor, do everything in your power to take care of your pastor, love your pastor, show some hospitality if that's possible, pray for them, be nice to their family, because you cannot put a price tag on a good shepherd. In fact, it's the most honorable and most challenging call on this planet to pastor the sheep, particularly in a local congregation. So we honor and bless all who are doing so faithfully in Jesus' name. Verse 2 of John 10, shepherd of the sheep. Coming through God-ordained doorway, like Jesus mentioned, with commitment and consecration, with holiness and righteousness, with humility and faith, designates the true shepherd and contrasts the true shepherd with the fault. Now, the dynamic between the shepherd and the sheep. John 10 and verse 3. When the real shepherd shows up at the God-endorsed doorway, the porter will hear his voice and open the door. When it comes to the false shepherd, they know that the porter will not let them in. So what do they do? They seek to enter the sheepfold some other way. But once the porter opens the door, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. He calls the sheep by name. Talk about personal touch. And can I just say that if you have any responsibility over people, whether it's in your career or whether it's in your ministry, do your level best 
to learn people's names. The good shepherd learns the names of the sheep. Forget telling people. I think it's one of the most, shall we say, silly things to tell people when you meet them for the first time. I'm perfectly awful with names, so pretty much don't expect me to remember your name. I have lost count how many times I've heard people say that. I don't think they are going to be commended for their quote-unquote honesty. What they're sending a message is, I can't be bothered trying to learn your name. If you want relationship, and you should want relationship with the right people in the right context, the first order of business is to learn their name. Now, yes, there are some names that are a little more difficult than others. I ought to know. I've lived with this all my life, people mispronouncing my name left, right, and center. And for the record, it's Majdali, exactly as it's written. It's pronounced with an accent mark on the first syllable, Majdali, not Majdali, and certainly not Majali. But you know what? I'm a, I'm okay with people at least trying or having a go saying my name. What is unacceptable is where you're introduced to somebody who you are to be connected with and they don't even bother to learn your name, and they just say whatever they want. Or sometimes what happens, they'll learn my name, but they don't learn my wife's name. So I'm introduced with a full name, and I just have a wife, a nameless wife. Friends, the good shepherd calls the sheep by name. You know, we can overcome any impediment, including our bad memories for names. That is totally curable. And one thing you can always do is what we call mnemonics. Think of some memorable thing associated with their name, even if it's silly. And in fact, the more silly the mnemonic, the more likely you're to remember the name. In my case, just think of Mary Magdalene, because the name is similar to Magdala or Magdal or Migdal in Hebrew. Whatever it is, that helps people. So learn the names if you're responsible for people. And I'm telling you, if you can remember names after a separation, that will get their attention. People with good people skills are very adept of learning people's names and remembering, even if they don't organically have that kind of gifting. They just simply develop it. The personal touch is important. If you remember the best-selling book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, I think that book sold millions of copies. And one of the things I've never forgotten from that book is that a man's name, or a woman's name for that matter, is the sweetest sound in the language. If you want to work with people, you need to know their names. And I'll tell you another point. Learn their spouse's names. Learn their children's names. Learn their favorite sporting team, if you get that far, and even their pets' names. I'm telling you, your chances of getting a good response from them have increased almost a hundredfold. The good shepherd leads the sheep out. Yes, the shepherd is a leader, to say the least. And then in verse 4, ahead and behind. When the shepherd puts the sheep out somewhere, like pasture, he goes ahead of them, and they follow him. The reason, they know his voice. You know, even dumb sheep, inverted commas, have discernment, at least when it comes to the shepherd and his voice. That's what Christ does for us. He stands behind us. He thrusts us into the life prepared for us. But he doesn't stay behind us. He also goes ahead of us to lead the way. He is behind, ahead, above, and below. Furthermore, he makes sure we are acquainted with his voice and no one else's. John 10, verse 5, flee 
from the stranger. It is very different when it comes to strangers, thieves, robbers, and hirelings. When they hear the voice of such people, they refuse to follow. Indeed, the sheep flee from such a one. And the simple reason is because they do not know his voice. So the true sheep of the Lord know his voice and follow him. And false shepherds, they don't follow. And false sheep do follow false shepherds. So we really need to get it right. So we're heading into a pathway of life, and especially one that God has prepared for us. Verse 6, all that was said before, that Jesus spoke in John 10, verses 1 to 5, was in the form of a parable. However, those who heard him speak did not understand what he was saying. So Jesus will speak more plainly and directly. Verse 7 of John 10, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. He is the entryway into pasture, the sheep pen, and to life itself. Not only do the sheep go through him, but he stands as a guard at the entryway to keep his followers from harm and danger. John 10, verse 8, thieves and robbers. Jesus speaks in the present tense when he says, all that have come before me are thieves and robbers. Well, the thief implies theft by trickery, deception and stealth. Robbery speaks of violent seizure of property. It could be that Jesus was speaking of the religious elite of his day who were proud, haughty, contemptuous, and dismissive of the very people they were supposed to be leading and setting example for, which is, of course, the common people. That's why the religious elite were frauds, and the sheep, that is, the common people, will not listen to the false shepherds and why they were eagerly listening to the discourses and preaching and teaching of Jesus. Salvation, John 10, 9. Jesus repeats the phrase, I am the door. Enter in by me and you will be saved. You can go in and out of the sheepfold. You will find pasture, nourishment. In Christ, everything you need can be found in him. That's Matthew six thirty three. Then our final verse, and this is a wonderful gem, John chapter 10, verse 10. The purpose of the thief is to steal, kill, and destroy. This applies to Satan, demon powers, and false shepherds. Christ came to this planet to give his rightful sheep life and to give it to them more abundantly. Abundant life includes a zest for living, great energy or being revived, enlarged sphere of influence in life, divine enablement, the right attitude, the overcomer's mantle, and enjoying the journey along the way. So our lesson is called Door of the Sheep, our lesson for life. We need godly discernment to know the right voice to lead us and the right door to enter. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.